Well, hello. It's Trucking Answers, the podcast. And can you believe we're back again? It's Tuesday, the 12th of October, depending when you're listening to this. So I hope everyone is doing good today. This is a podcast that you get only through your ear hole, which most people appreciate. I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, who seems to be asleep at the moment, so she won't be saying much. I'll probably have to carry the podcast for her like I normally do. Now, we will have some trucking news, some automotive news, and in the third half of the show, we will have yet another reason that we are not exploring the red planet Mars, and we are stuck here on this tiny blue marble spinning around the sun. All right. Uh, We like to go through a country, and uh, we're still stuck at 33 countries that this podcast has been downloaded in. Is that it? Is that going to be it? There's, I don't know, a couple hundred, 250 countries, something like that in the world, depending on who's at war with each other. So uh, we're at 33, and uh, today let's look at Canada. Oh, yeah, our friends right up there. 142 downloads in Canada. Yeah, we're doing good up there. We're uh, we're one of the top Canadian trucking podcasts, the way I understand it. And uh, in fact, three out of four uh, mounted police in Canada prefer this podcast over all other trucking podcasts. So I read that somewhere. So that's really great. Thanks, Canada, for being here. And uh, if you're from Canada, hey, be sure to write to me. I like getting international emails because of the stamp. You get that weird stamp on them. So uh, that's really good. I appreciate that. You know, I want to talk about uh, something that I've found out here in the last few weeks, which I really find interesting. And this is never reported in the press. So if you follow Trucking Answers at all, which you might, since you're listening to this very important podcast, you know that a couple of weeks ago I went to Dot Transportation in Mount Sterling, Illinois to do a live show there and uh, look around the place and everything because I love Dot. And then uh, Monday, I hear just yesterday, I went to GP Transco in Joliet, Illinois, beautiful Joliet, Illinois, to go see that, uh, to go see them and do a live show there because uh, they're also a much favored company here. Trucking Answers, there's not that many great places around the country. There are some. There are some. And by the way, if you're a great company and would like me to come to your place and do a live show there, uh, let me know. Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. I did two this month. I'm only going to do one a month from now on. So let me know. We can get that arranged. And the thing is, talking to these companies that I found out, you know, not uh, just how different they are than other companies, but that uh, there's really not a driver shortage per se in that they get way more applications than they need. I think it's pretty interesting. Both companies get lots of applications and hire very few of the people that come through the doors. They have a very low hiring rate. They have a very high standards. And that's the thing of it. They're getting a lot of applications from unqualified drivers. So this, this is becoming a big problem. So if you have been working two years and have 12 jobs, and go to apply somewhere, you may not get hired. Just having a good safety record is not enough. You say, well, I've been working, I have a couple years, I don't have any tickets or accidents. Well, that's true. And so you may meet that qualification of safety, but you are not going to be at the top of the hiring pile when it comes down to it. When they can go through applications and say, all right, we need uh, X people and we have you know X times 10 applications, They don't have to accept you, basically, is what I'm saying. So be sure to not just keep safe, although they get some of that, too. You know, they'll have people apply with three DUIs or, 
you know, uh, several criminal background problems and licenses in other states, just huge problems. They get lots of that, and it takes a long time to sift through all these kind of applications. And, uh, you know, if you, sure, now look, you have a company, you don't like working there, or it's a problem, you're not getting miles, you need to leave. I get that, right? Everybody understands that. But make sure to do some research into the next place to see if it's a fit for you. Is it going to get you home at the times you want? Uh, daily, monthly, weekly, whatever it is for you. If you uh, need to bring, uh, you know, you're kidding, you can't. And then you go work there and you're like, well, I got to quit because I need, I want to take my kid with me driving. Look, you should have looked into that to start with because now you have another job. Eventually, these companies are like, it isn't the company's problem. It's this driver's problem is why they can't stay somewhere, why they aren't keeping that job. Is that you? You may have to stick it out at a place for a couple of years to get that behind you. Before you can move into a really good company where you're going to get that, you know, 80 to 100,000 plus a year and all the benefits that go along with it. So be somebody that they want to hire. You know, it works both ways. Companies that are really good don't really have a problem getting a lot of people because they get lots of applications because it gets out in the industry basically that they're good and then they get to sift through them and so you need to kind of float up to the top of that pile get some go somewhere and stay there okay at least for a little while go somewhere and stay there and keep a good safety record always that's the first thing that comes up that gets people booted is uh, some kind of safety thing especially something that you know about and didn't say to them so don't be doing uh, any of that kind of stuff otherwise check out uh, those two live shows from dot transportation and gp transco on the YouTube channel of Trucking Answers, and they answer a bunch of questions. We go on for a while with them, and it's Q&A, and all their contact information is there. So uh, that's what's going on over at uh, that place, apps versus qualified drivers. Now, I was looking at a story from DeWitt Trucking. You may have never heard of them. They don't have that many trucks, but uh, they're this, like the small carrier of the year nominee, something to that effect. Anyways, they do power only, and he has a different take on the industry where he pays drivers a straight salary every week. Now, what I hear from most places, drivers and companies alike, is that if you are getting paid uh, either uh, you know, other salary, whatever, when you get mileage, you're incentivized to do more miles. But what I don't, what I don't like about miles personally is that uh, you have to wait for them to give you miles. Right? So, Many people sit around or whatever and can't get miles at a place. And so that allows the company to sit you for free. Especially you'll deliver Friday and they don't have anything until Monday. You may not get paid for that if you're on mileage, depending on where you work. And what uh, this uh, person, DeWitt, says is that, hey, when drivers are on mileage, they are disincentivized from doing short loads. He said, gave an example of a 78-mile load that was paying $1,000 to the company. Yeah, that's great, but he couldn't get anybody to do it when they were on mileage because what driver wants to do a 78-mile load? Nobody, because you're getting paid mileage. So what he went to is a salary. fifteen forty a week is what it said, flat salary, and it's power only at this place. All right, so there's no loading, no unloading, and uh, no trailer issues. You pick up a trailer and deliver the trailer, and that's it, power only. Fifteen forty. So drivers, short run, long run, doesn't matter. No run. You're paid. You're available. You're paid. What do you think about that? Is that better 
than mileage. Whenever I bring up hourly to drivers, especially over the road, they don't like it. They're like, oh, no, I don't want to do that because I make more in mileage. Well, it depends. You know, it depends. We had this discussion yesterday at GP Transco about, you know, mileage versus salary. And so at the end of the year, if you make 90000 either way at the end of the year, what's the difference? That's what you make at the end of the year. Here's on 1540, you know exactly what you'll make every week. And I don't, it didn't say how often they were home there for that $1,540. So I don't know about that. Either way, is that a better deal than mileage pay, especially on a power only if you're doing short loads? You may only get 200 miles. So even if you're getting 60, 70 cents, say you're getting 70 cents, it's only $140 for the day. You're way better off at 1540. It depends on the operation, I guess. Perhaps if you were at a place that has the average length of all of, you know, 2,500 miles, maybe that's a different story on mileage. But I don't know about the incentive thing. And certainly if you're being paid, you should do your job to the best of your ability at the pay you agree to take. If you don't like the job, you can always quit the job. But if you're on hourly, you shouldn't be going 45 miles an hour with your blinkers on, all right? Drive like you're supposed to drive the truck. No matter what, on salary, same thing. Don't hang around on salary. You know, go do your work. And he said this works out better for drivers to do short runs and stuff like that. And the company does very good at it. So I wonder what people think about that. Is that, uh, is that the way to go? Maybe that's a better way to do it. I don't know. CFI announces their first 5 million mile driver. Yes, 5 million miles. Now here again, so we have to get out the old calculator because I'm in public school, so I can't do pencil and paper math. And I figured this out. He's been driving 37 years. All of them for CFI, by the way. All right, started there in 1984, they said. This was just announced. Uh, yeah, so I did the math for you. I know you're trying to do it in your head right now. That's 2,599 miles per week, 52 weeks a year for 37 years straight. Now, again, that started before I started driving. All right, he started uh, driving before me. Can you crank 2,600 miles a week in the early 80s? you know, mid 80s. I don't know. Steady. And that's without time off. So if he had any time off during then, uh, you know, vacation or whatever, you would have to average more than that. And I'll tell you, 2600 for all those years is not terrible to uh, average every single week at a place. So and probably CFI is probably already up to 44 cents. I don't know. I don't actually know what they pay over there. But 26, basically 2600 miles a week, 52 weeks, 37 years. Minus vacations, maybe 2,700 miles a week, 2,800 miles, I don't know. So, is it possible to do? Yes. It's not like some people that are already at, uh, you know, 11 million miles or whatever. Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. So, I don't know how that works out, uh, but those are the numbers for that. Nevada Trucking Association, they're willing to spend, here's the thing about these trucking associations, they're willing to spend lots of money to, they give it to an attorney to make sure they don't have to give you any money. Isn't that something? Now, I don't know what attorneys make. What do you think? A couple of hundred bucks an hour, $500 an hour, corporate attorney? A lot, right? You know, they probably get some kind of salary of 250 or something like that a year to uh, work for the corporation. They are suing the Department of Labor because uh, some of the companies there got busted in that state. I don't know about busted, but they had to pay extra on the prevailing wage contracts. When you do a government contract or work for the government like that, you have to pay what's called prevailing wage to a certain percentage of your employees and that. It's a big, complicated formula, but you're required to pay the wage in the area where the work is being performed. 
and whatever that wage. And that wage is set by the Secretary of Labor. That's what it said in there. And they're accused of not paying that wage. And so the Trucking Association is saying, well, wait a minute. It was figured out wrong. It was figured out on some other wrong formula. And so, of course, to go, you have to go to federal court, okay, to sue the government. This is not something that some uh, Yahoo lawyer down the street is going to do. They're going to have some kind of corporate lawyer go into federal court, do motions, depositions, all this other stuff, expensive. Just so they don't have to pay the drivers the money that uh, the Department of Labor says they're owed. Isn't that great? They'd rather pay it to lawyers who get way more an hour than we do rather than just paying you and saying, all right, we'll just pay them what uh, what you're saying we should pay them. No, they're saying, no, no, we're not going to pay them. We're going to pay these lawyers to fight you so we don't have to pay them. You remember that. You remember that every time you see one of these organizations, trucking organizations doing ads and how much they love truckers and, oh, well, we're thinking all you heroes and everything. You remember that. You remember that. One hand, you know, they're shaking your hand. The other one, they have a knife to your throat. Okay, keep that in mind. They're doing everything they can to pay as little as possible in the courts by paying attorneys, presumably hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, to work for them to make sure they can pay as little as possible and get away with it. Colorado is having a problem with snowplow drivers. They don't have any. Well, they have some. They don't have enough. They said, oh, we're going to have a shortage of plow drivers. So they said some of roads may not be open or only have one lane open. It may not be as good as normal in Colorado this coming winter. Hey, here's the thing. This About 30 miles south of me uh, is an Indiana post. I don't know what they call them. That has snowplows and they have a message board sign out there that, hey, because I drive by it every day. Hey, we're hiring drivers for snowplows for the winter. Come on in. If you have a license, basically, we'll get you going. It's $18 an hour on their sign. McDonald's around here is $15 an hour. All right. So and remember, snowplow drivers, at least here, I don't know, in Colorado, it might be busier are part time. You're on call. So they come and they call you when they're ready and then you do a 12-hour shift until the snowstorm is over. That's how they do it here for the drivers that they're hiring. I'll tell you what, $18 is not a lot of money to motivate somebody to go down and drive a snowplow part-time. You can't have another job because if you do and they call you, you got to go down there. So it's got to be for retired people or people that have like always-on availability kind of thing. It should pay a lot more than that if they expect to get people to go do a job that's part-time. In Colorado, maybe they can have these people full-time. I know some of them here are full-time. They work with the road crews and uh, you know do road patching. But the ones on the sign that they're hiring here are not full-timers. So you're just going to go in there part-time. That's how they're doing it. Like Even if I wanted to do it, I couldn't do it. Because I got a job and you have to be available on call. You don't know when the 12 and 12 on and 12 off on a long storm may end. So you got to really get a specialized person. Also, you need to be able to drive a manual transmission. That's what it says here, which isn't a problem for a lot of drivers. But, you know, it does stop a lot of other drivers from doing it. So it's something that they should think about. I don't know about Colorado, but how about we bump that 18 to say $38 an hour, especially for part-time people to just come in and do only the hours that they need you to come in and do. I think they'd have a lot a better time getting people to come and do it. You could say 38, no benefits. So that's how that's how I would get people to do it. I have some automotive news, and this is like crosses the line. The Tesla Semi, there's news about that. 
their GP Transco is getting one. And I was just talking to them yesterday, and they didn't have a date. They goes, ah, we don't know because they won't communicate. Well, look, it was in the news today then, this morning, as if they, uh, Elon Musk heard me himself and said 2023 now for the Tesla Semi. They're going to start making it in late 2022 with deliveries in 2023. Wow. He's pushed this back for years now. So 2023 on the Tesla Semi, I was concerned about the weight, but he has put that aside and said no. And talking about he, Elon Musk, like we talk all the time. He called me up, talked to me about this. Um, he says no, because there's no engine or whatever, the battery's away about what an engine weighs. So the truck should be comparable to a current truck's weight and have, well, you know, way more performance. So that's what that is. 2023, though, very disappointing. Very disappointing. I'm waiting to see one somewhere on the road. I just see pictures of them pulling the Tesla stuff. They got a few that they're testing out. Now, I know you got a lot of money burning a hole in your pocket. You're saying, Mark, I got a lot of money burning a hole in my pocket. That's why I know you have it. So the Rolls-Royce Cullinan, which is their SUV, I'm sure you've seen it on the roads and pictures of it and stuff, you know, and mailings. And you're like, yeah, I need I need myself one of these things. But, you know, I'm I'm like in danger. I'm in danger. I need it to be safe. Well, well, there's a company that will make it safe for you. For a mere $962,000, you can get an armored Cullinan. That's correct. Now, there is a three-month lead time on this. So after they receive your Cullinan, okay, you have to order one from Rolls, right? Have it made to all your specifications, and then it gets sent there, and you need three more months after they get it. But then they're going to they're gonna armor it. They're going to um, harden the bottom. It'll be, it can take two hand grenades underneath that explode at the same time and continue to drive. They um, have the battery and electronics of the engine and everything protected, specially protected for it. It has special cooling so that you can armor the front of it and suck cooling from underneath. There's, uh, there's just all, it's got the reinforced hinges so the doors will open in, uh, in an explosion. The glass is super thick. I've seen it. It'll it'll stop a huge bullet. So uh, that's available for you to order now if you want one, the armored Cullinan. Remember, though, in case you need it, you know, there's this three-month lead time. So I recommend you call in Rolls-Royce or whatever you do and get your Cullinan ordered so that they can make it, you know, and then get it sent over there and then three months. And then you finally, finally get it delivered. Boy, wouldn't that be great? Toyota for another quarter has outsold General Motors and may be the number one selling vehicle in the United States. Can you believe that? The uh, they're 120,000 vehicles ahead, and they continue to outsell General Motors. So uh, how about that? Isn't that something? They could be on top of this because GM can't get their act together and get parts for their vehicles. So. The uh, they may outsell GM for cars in the United States for the first time in a while because there's just no uh, there's no cars available from them. Isn't that really something? I thought that I was really surprised to hear that that you know even with Silverados and that that they can't beat uh, Toyota for the sales crown. They may overtake General Motors for sales for the whole year. We'll see in a few more months what they have to say about that. Now, I want to tell you about a reason that we are not on Mars. Why are we not roaming the red planet, uh, talking to Marvin and everything else that's going on up there? Well, I'll tell you, of all the things we can do with our time, inventing, you know, 
things to cure diseases, to cure cancer, to make our lives better. You know, there's all kinds of inventions that can be made. People are forever thinking about things to do. Well, you can also invent, um, you can invent a product that will allow you to have square hard-boiled eggs. And they say squared, they should say cube, cube-shaped. Uh, yeah, cube-shaped hard-boiled eggs. So you take all your time, you're some kind of engineer, and you go and say, you know what, what does the world need? Well, what the world needs now is love, but what the world also needs is a cube-shaped hard-boiled egg. I know many times I'm, I get a hard-boiled egg and I open it up and it's just, I'm like, oh, really? Why isn't this cube-shaped? You know, why? For, I thought, first off, I would find a cube-shaped chicken to give me the egg, but then I couldn't find any of those. I assume somebody is trying to invent that also in some horrific Frankenstein-type experiment. But regardless of that, this device, which is available for, uh, how much is it? Oh, $15 on Amazon, will uh, provide you with cube-shaped eggs. And yeah, not only was it ridiculous, you can buy it. And I guess it actually gets like 4.4 star rating. Now, of all the things that you could invent to help the world, um, what pro what possesses people to think, you know what? You know what the world needs? cube-shaped eggs that's what that's what cube-shaped eggs yeah so for 15 a mere 15 dollars you too can have cube-shaped eggs maybe they stack better in your fridge i don't know maybe you could cook a bunch of them up and uh stack more of them in the fridge than you know the ovoid shape basically of a regular egg i have no idea Either way, I think this is another reason why we're not on mars and this inventor hopefully will not come to mars when i get there with elon musk to roam the red planet because uh, if it's one thing we don't need on Mars, it's cube-shaped eggs. That's for sure. Now, I want to thank everybody for listening today to the podcast, the Trucking Answers podcast. Gracie, thanks you as well. I'll have to speak for her still. Be sure to check out the uh, latest videos there on Trucking Answers. I'm there today shooting the hoops. By the way, I have videos going to go up today. Uh, shooting hoops. I hit some massive three-pointers from uh, half court, basically, and nearly break the backboard from hanging off the rim. So you're going to want to check that out. Check it out. I did a little bit of video over there for that. Go over and just see that video. I can't even barely say it. And uh, we'll see you in the next uh, podcast. All right. Thanks for listening.